Our scripture lesson today comes from a part of the Christmas story that is found in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. You might be wondering why I'm reading a Christmas story today now that we're in January, but if you didn't know this, Christmas is actually a, it's not just a day in the life of the church, it's, it's a season. And so uh, Christmas start, it goes all the way through Advent and then Christmas Eve and then Christmas Day until today uh, is, is the season of Christmas in the church calendar. And then today starts a new season that I'll tell you about in just, in just a minute. Uh, but this is a part of the Christmas story that's significant for today. So I want you to hear this God's word for us today. Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east, sometimes we call those wise men, came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born the king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed in all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they return to their country by another route. This is the word of God for the people of God. And so we say, thanks be to God. Amen. So uh, as I mentioned, today is, is kind of the, the last Sunday in this season that we, we celebrate Christmas. And so the next season that we start today is called the season of Epiphany. And so today's uh, known in the church calendar, Epiphany Sunday. And the word Epiphany uh, comes from... Uh, this idea of, of uh, discovery, the, the best definition I found of Epiphany that kind of goes along with the story, because this is the story that we celebrate when we start Epiphany, and Epiphany goes all the way into the season of Lent. We'll talk about that in a few weeks. But um, the beginning of today is, is Epiphany Sunday because it's about uh, Epiphany. Uh, and Epiphany is kind of, you've heard of that before, if someone has an Epiphany, right? It's kind of an aha moment. Uh, the definition I found for Epiphany is an illuminating discovery, realization, or disclosure. And so the story that we just read is about this illuminating discovery that the Magi, the wise men, have. There was this star that, that guided them to this place where they discovered the greatest revelation of God in, in Jesus Christ, the little baby born in a manger, the Savior of the world. See, that's the thing about God's revelation, the light that God gives us. It always points us to Jesus. It always shows us the way 
to get closer to him. So this morning, uh, Epiphany Sunday, is, is a great time for us to look at this story. And what I want to focus specifically on today is uh, where this story begins. And what it begins with uh, is a question. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and they asked this question. Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. See, that's why we're here today, right? We've come to worship him. And just like the wise men, we, maybe, we've, maybe we've seen the light, maybe we don't have all the answers yet, but we're seeking to respond to God's revelation in our lives. That's what they did. They, they were seeking to respond, and so even though they didn't have it all figured out, even though they didn't know exactly where they were going, they started moving in the direction of God's revelation, right? Um, and they asked the right questions along the way. And so that's where I want us to start today uh, as we come to worship. See, I believe that that just like the Magi, the, the 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 wise men here at the beginning of the year, I think I think we all start the year in the same way. We're all seeking something, aren't we? What is it? What is it that you're seeking here at the beginning of the year? You know, sometimes we're we're seeking to to lose weight or or to gain muscle. Uh, maybe we're we're seeking to to make more money or or to have less stress. Uh, there's a whole list of things that sometimes we come up with of things that we're seeking and we're searching for and we're trying to figure out how to find them, right? Maybe you've had an epiphany of sorts in your life. Uh, maybe you know that here at the beginning of the year it's time for a fresh start, uh, a new perspective or a new direction in your life. Does that sound about right? Can anybody relate to that? So I think if we're all honest, we're all seeking something. And, and what we're seeking leads us in a direction, right? Um, and, and I think if we're all honest, at the very core of what it is that we're seeking is, is we're all seeking a, a better version of ourselves and we're seeking a better version of our relationships uh, with God and others. And that's a good thing, right? Uh, but, but let me share this with you. Here's where I think that we get sidetracked sometimes on our, our journey to Bethlehem. Uh, we've talked about it before, but I think that we have been conditioned by our culture to believe that that what we're seeking is is totally up to us, and and it's going to be found only by us trying harder or or doing that thing that we've always done, but just do it more or you know uh, what what's, what do they say the definition of insanity right is doing the same thing over and over again expecting different results right so but a lot of times I think it all boils down to it's all up to us right and so. Uh, in January, because of that, a lot of times our striving and our straining takes the form of what? What's it called? New Year's resolutions, right? Um, and, and I was looking at that word resolution this week because you know I love words. And so I was really kind of deep diving into the word re resolution. And, and at the very core of that word resolution is that word resolve. And, and it, it's about uh, you know, what I resolve to do. It's based on my decision, my determination, my will, my willpower. And so the focus is all on me, right? The pressure's all on me. It's all my responsibility. Uh, but then I started to look at, at the other word uh, that's kind of like it, but a little different, right? This word revelation. What does the word revelation mean? You know, it's not just a book in the Bible. Um, revelation is God revealing himself to us. 
God does this in many ways, but primarily God does that through God's word, God's spirit, and God's people. And so this word revelation is based on not necessarily our decisions or our determination. It's based on our discovery of God's truth. And so our focus is beyond on ourselves, like what we're doing or what we're not doing, to focus on what God is doing, what God has done, what God wants to do, what God is revealing to us. And so our job in that as we look at revelation is what do I need to do to move closer to God's revelation? How can I move closer to him in all that I do and say? Does that make sense? The, 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 the results might be the same, but the, the motivation is a lot different. See, it's, this, it's a slight change in perspective that, that has some pretty big implications. So, so what I'm saying today is basically this. I don't think we need another New Year's resolution. I think we need a New Year's revelation. I think that we need to focus, not deep, before we think about what we need to do or, or not do, we need to explore what God is doing and what God wants to do. Where is God in our lives and in our world and in our midst? And, and what can we do in our lives and in our life together as a church to move closer to where God is? Just like the wise men in the story. They knew that that was what they needed to do, was to move closer to Jesus. And so the way that we do that, in order for us to to have this kind of illuminated discovery, if you will, is we need what we need to be seeking, I believe, is we need to be seeking God in, in prayer and through God's word, uh, the Bible, right? The, the Holy Scriptures and the Holy Spirit are, are those ways that God reveals himself to us. And when God reveals himself to us, not only can we see uh, God more clearly, we begin to see ourselves more clearly. We begin to see those relationships around us. We begin to see our purpose more clearly. And so, so it's worth taking some time to really focus on that. And I think it starts by asking the right questions. And so, uh, but I think we need to think about it maybe in a little bit different way. Instead of asking the question, what do I need to do or not do this new year? The question is, where is God moving and how can I get closer to him? Maybe, maybe you've been asking yourself some questions like that here at the beginning of the year. Uh, maybe they sound like this. What, what do I want to do with my life? Who do I want to be? Where am I going? And, and, and how do I get there? Those are great questions. Uh, I want to encourage you this morning in light of our scripture lesson, in light of this story, to maybe think about reframing those questions uh, in a way that reflects some of the things that happened in the story, that we could let the journey of the wise men be a guide for us on our journey in this new year. We might ask those questions like this. Where, where is God leading me? Where is God inviting me to come closer to him? Uh, just like that star in the sky. Another question might be, who or what am I listening to for guidance? What do I need to lay down in order to, to worship the king? And then, you know, the last part of the story, it says they, they returned home a different route. Maybe a question for you this morning is, where do I need to course correct? Where do I need to take a, a different route? Whatever it is, maybe, maybe one of those questions resonated with you. Maybe all of them did. And what I just want to say to you this morning is maybe it's worth taking some time to really commit some of those questions to prayer. 
to ask God what, what God wants to say about those questions in your life, to, to search the scriptures for wisdom and insight into how God might be already answering those questions in your life and in our life together. That's one of the reasons why, again, I want to encourage you uh, to take the, the little piece of paper on the way out today and read those scriptures every day and see what God might say to you about it. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be doing this series called Life Goals. And, and we're going to be wrestling and exploring what it might look like for us to respond intentionally to God's revelation in our life here in the new year. I want to invite you to, to, to go on this journey with me and with others as we seek to, to discern what, how God's moving in our lives and in our church and how we might respond and what tangible goals we might set to move closer to God and to one another. To see how God might be, the new thing God might be doing in our midst. And as we move closer to God and closer to one another, how we might see ourselves becoming a better version of ourselves or, or we might be able to see ourselves developing better relationships with God and, and with others. We might be able to see God moving in such a way that, that we might be able to tell amazing stories like the stories found in the Bible of God's God's faithfulness and God's provision and power that we might be a, a part of God's revelation, not just in our church, but, but in our community. We might shine a light for Christ. That, that's what New Year's revelation is all about. And, and that's exciting to me. I hope it's exciting to you too. Uh, so what does that look like? What, what next steps could we take in order to to position ourselves in such a way that we're, we're seeking to move closer to God and others in this new year. Well, um, at the risk of sounding like a broken record, I want to share with you something that uh, if you've been around me the last four years here at the church, you've heard me talk about uh, a process of discernment that I've gone through the last uh, probably 10 years of my life uh, that's helped me sort of move beyond just making a list of New Year's resolutions and really making myself available to God's revelation in my life in the new year. It's, it's, a, it's a book called One Word That Will Change Your Life Forever. Uh, probably the only thing you've heard about more than this is the Church Center app, right? But the reason why I share this, I don't make any money by, by telling people about this. In fact, I, I like buying these books and giving them away because I totally believe in uh, the power of not necessarily the book, but just the, the commitment to to discernment at the beginning of the year to ask God to, to give you a word that might be a guide for you for the rest of the year. Uh, my family and I have done it for the last 10 years and it's amazing to see every year how God moves in that. And uh, just these three simple steps. It says to look in, look up, and look out. And uh, if anybody wants this book today, I'm gonna give it to you. So just come see me after the service. It's been amazing for me, just that slight change in perspective, how it makes such an impact in my life. And so just as a personal testimony of kind of where I am on this journey uh, today, uh, the one word that I feel like God has given me for this year is the word persevere. And uh, the passage of scripture that God has led me to as I've prayed and, and searched the scriptures for my one word for this year, uh, I was led to 
First uh, Timothy. If you know about the books First Timothy, First and Second Timothy, it's uh, the Apostle Paul's letters to a young pastor named Timothy. Uh, I'm not feeling young anymore, but I, I think it's you know maybe close enough. But so in this passage, uh, Paul is talking to this pastor and he's he's encouraging him uh, to continue on in the midst of all the, the the craziness of life and the craziness of life together in the church and. Um, and so this was, I, I thought my word was focus because when I read this passage the first time, I read the contemporary English Bible. It says, focus on working on your own development and what you teach. If you do this, you will save yourself and those who hear you. But that word focus didn't feel like the right word for me. It felt like I was kind of trying to force it. Um, and the word that I kept feeling like was my word was the word persevere. And I, kept, I read a lot of passages that had to do with perseverance and things like that. And somehow I came back to this verse, but I read it. Uh, the first time I'd read it online, and the second time I read it from my Bible, the NIV, and, and here's what it said this time. It says, watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. And so in that moment, God's Spirit just spoke to me, and, and I knew that was my word for the year. And, and I share that with you to, to say, just to give you a personal example of this, that I'm not asking you to do something that I'm not doing also. But, but one of the things about it that's important to know is, is that now that I've got my word, I know that it's going to require me to do some things uh, and not do some things maybe this year. And then I'll keep you updated on what that means. But, but my point is, uh, it's, it's not from a place of I feel like I have to do it or not do it. It's, it's not about my responsibility. It's about my response to God's ability to do things in and through me in my life. Do you see the difference? That's the difference between resolutions and revelation. It's about believing that God is at work in your life and in our midst. And that I don't have to do it all on my own, in my own strength, in my own power. That there's a God who is with me and for me and who's working in and through and around me for, for my good and for his glory, which is all of our greatest good. And as I seek God through his word and through his spirit and among his people, God will reveal that to me more and more. I don't have it all figured out. I don't know what, what God has in store for me or for us this year, but, but I know that, that God is with us and that God's gonna give us everything we need every step of the way, and so I'm gonna take that next step of faith according to the light that's been given to me, and I'm gonna keep following, moving closer to Jesus. That, that's my goal. That's my first goal for this year. One of the things that we talked about, too, was that uh, for the last few years, we've had a one word for our church. And so uh, the one word that after the staff and I've been praying a lot about it, we, we've used a word the last few years that that has to do with our vision statement, which is sharing life together in Christ. And so this year, uh, our one word we believe is life. Uh, what does it look like to really uh, live lives that are life-giving, not just for ourselves, but for, for those around us? And so that's gonna be our anchor verse for this series. And, and there's a passage that, that illustrates this so well, I think. And I wanna read it for you because I think it's a picture of, of who we could be as individuals and as a church as we trust God and as we, we walk faithfully following Jesus. Uh, it's, it's from Jeremiah chapter seven, verses seven, 17, verses seven through eight. It said, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water 
that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries, even in a year of drought. And it never fails to bear fruit. I think this is a great picture of something that is alive. And, and it's growing. It's firmly rooted in God's word and it's planted by the stream of God's spirit and it bears fruit for those around us. Isn't that a a beautiful picture of what a life could look like in Christ? What it could look like for us as we share life together in Christ? I I, want to ask you to to just commit that to prayer and and maybe that verse as you think about what that's going to look like and, and how we can make some goals for this year to be who God has created and called us be. Amen? Last thing I want to say to you, um, it's more than just intention. You know, you, you know that phrase, you know what the road to is paved with good intentions, right? You've heard that before. Um, it's more than just intention. It, it has to do with, with direction. It's, it's, it's moving in a direction. That's what this story is about. That's what I believe this whole thing is about as we're making goals and as we're moving forward as a, as a community of faith and as followers of Christ. It's about the direction. Uh, one of my favorite pastors, uh, one of my favorite books about this is Pastor Andy Stanley. He has a book called The Principle of the Path. And in it, he says this, direction, not intention, equals destination. And, and just to kind of give you an idea about the, what he basically means by this is... Um, if I want to go to Nashville, right? If I if I've got my I've got my uh, my goal is to go to Nashville, but I'm on 24 East headed to Chattanooga, okay? Um, I can have all the good intentions in the world. I can really, 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 really want to go to Nashville, right? Um, I, my desire might be to go to Bridgestone Arena, but if I continue in that direction, I'm going to the aquarium in Chattanooga. Does that does that make sense? <laughs> Are you with me? So. So it's about our direction, and, and that's what this story is about. It's about what direction are we headed? Maybe, maybe those are some questions that, that you could consider today. What direction are you headed, and is it where you want to go? Are you moving closer to Jesus, to who he is, to who he wants you to be? And if not, guess what? There's good news. There's always an opportunity to make a change. There's always an opportunity to turn. The Bible calls it repentance, and that's sometimes a scary word, but it doesn't have to be. The word repentance simply means to have a change of heart that that causes you to change your direction. Uh, Because of the grace of God in Jesus Christ, we can always turn. We can always go a different direction. That was one of the questions I asked Cassie today. Are Are you ready to turn and follow Jesus? his way for your life, right? Um, It's a question that we answer when we make our profession of faith, but it's a question we really need to answer every day, right? Am I gonna go my way or am I gonna go God's way? And what the Bible teaches us over and over and over again is God's way is the best way for our lives and our relationships and for everything that we want to do and be. So maybe today you're thinking, you know what, I've gone my own way and, and I haven't ended up where I wanted to be, maybe today is the day for you 
to go God's way, to say, I don't have all the answers, uh, but I'm willing to ask some hard questions and I'm willing to keep moving in the direction that God is leading me as God reveals himself to me in prayer and through his word and through his people because I want to see Jesus in my life and I want to see Jesus in the lives of others. Would you be willing to do that this morning? To let God move in you and through you in 2023? Are you ready for a New Year's revelation? I believe it starts right here, right now. And one of the best ways that you can see that and believe it today is through this gift of revelation that God has given us through through the table of Holy Communion. This is a, a place where God invites you, wherever you've been, whatever you've done or not done, we're all, and we've all come from different places with different experiences, but we're all invited today to come from where we are in the direction of the table to receive this gift of grace from Jesus. And so I wanna invite us to, to prepare our hearts and minds to receive this gift today. The invitation is always that this is not a fellowship table, this is not a Methodist table, Table. This is Christ's table. And so all who are seeking Christ, who seek to live in peace with God and with one another, and who earnestly repent of their sins, are invited to come and, and receive this gift of grace. So let's pray together and, and lift up our, our prayers and confessions to God. God, we come to you today and we just acknowledge that we have fallen short of your glory. Lord, we've We've all done things that we wish we hadn't and we've all done, not done things we wish we had. There are times that we've chosen our way over your way, our will over your will. We've not loved you with our whole heart. We've not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We've not loved ourselves the way that you love us. So God, we come today, we thank you for your word that reminds us that we can approach your throne of grace with confidence, knowing that we can receive mercy. Lord, we ask for your forgiveness and we know that we receive it because your word also says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us and that proves your love for us, God. So we thank you that in the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven and we give thanks to you, oh God, for that wonderful gift and for the gifts that we're about to receive. For it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. On the night that Jesus gave himself up for us, he was seated around a table with his disciples and he took bread and he broke the bread and he gave it to his disciples and he said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, Jesus took the cup and he, he gave thanks to God and he gave it to his disciples and he said, drink from this all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. And so we come to do that today as recipients of God's grace to be reminded that God loves you. He wants you to come to him to experience God, we pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on these gifts of bread and cup. We pray that you would make them be for us the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, so that we might be for the world, the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood, by your Holy Spirit, 
Make us one with Christ and one with each other and one in ministry to all the world. Until Christ comes again in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. All honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. And so with one voice, we pray together with the confidence of children of God, the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. I want to invite our servers to come. Uh, we'll have two stations today. They'll be set up on this side and on this side. You'll come towards the center aisles and then go back on the side aisles. You'll receive a piece of bread. You'll hear the words, the body of Christ broken for you. Then you'll receive a cup and you'll hear the words, the blood of Christ shed for you. Once you receive communion today, you're invited uh, if you would like to and you feel led to the altar to pray. You can stay there as long as you like. If you want somebody to pray with you, I'd love to pray with you this morning. Uh, if you don't feel comfortable coming and receiving the elements like this, we have some kits on the sides. We, we also have uh, gluten-free options as well. There's not gonna be a, um, any ushers leading you or anything like that. You just come as you feel led and return to your seat as you feel led. And as you do, we're gonna be continuing on in worship. So whatever this looks like for you, just for these last few minutes that we have together today in worship, I just wanna invite you to open your heart, to allow God to reveal himself to you and that you would respond in whatever way that God is calling you to today. So as soon as our servers are in place, you're invited to come. Uh, but would you stand as we sing?